This is Julie at Dogcast Radio. If you like dogs, wherever you are in the world, we're the show for you. Hello and welcome to episode 273 of Dogcast Radio. Today I'm talking to Emma Hendy about dog parkour. First, let's find out a little bit about Emma. I'm a dog trainer based down near Froome. I'm called Perfectibility is me. And I try to use positive, fun training to help dogs boost their confidence. I'm all about let's put the fun back into dog training. You know, Brilliant. you can get a bit repetitive. Let's yeah. give everyone confidence boost and help out because life can be tricky and having a dog sometimes can be very tricky. So yeah. I hopefully I'm a nice, friendly face that people can come to and get a little little positive boost <laughs> oh lovely lovely because that's what training is what life should be about but it's definitely what dog training should be about both for the dog and the handler because there's nothing worse than being stood in a in a class and you're thinking you're panicking are you going my dog can't do that or my dog's mm-hmm. not happy here or whatever the problem is if it's not fun for both of you what are you doing you know? yeah exactly exactly so that's where where i come along and actually i don't train dogs I work with people who happen to have some amazing dogs and some of them know it and some of them need a little bit of help to remember how amazing and awesome their dogs are. Yeah. So yeah. that's me. That's a lovely way of putting it because yes, we do forget and we, to us, like ordinary life, ordinary everyday life, you know, it's great. It's, it's just everyday life. It's nothing. But even just, we're going to go to the cafe and we're going to sit there and there's going to be noises and smells and food and drink and different people and other dogs but what's the problem with you? Why aren't you just sitting there enjoying it like I am? But if, as you say, remind yourself what a big ass that is for the dog sometimes. Mm. And yeah, we, you know, yeah, yeah. And we can live in harmony a bit better. Hopefully. <laughs> yes, fingers crossed. That's what it's all about. Now, I do think that having fun with your dog, particularly with this perspective, I think once, once you've lost your dog, you realise it, sh- it definitely should be about fun and making every every day as good Mm -hmm. as possible and I love dog parkour for that reason we're going to talk about dog parkour so first of all what is dog parkour we're not talking about dogs jumping from building to building what is dog parkour people always get this impression that you know them and their dogs are going to go running up the sides of walls or (laughs) jumping from the top of one roof to another and stuff yes that's exciting and it could be fun but no we're a lot more about having that sort of fun but keeping it nice and controlled and safe and everything else but Mm. dog parkour is just fantastic so um i'm a dog parkour uk instructor they i did a little like intro day and i loved it so much i was like i want i want to be an instructor i want to spread this because it's amazing so um with my older dog zoe my sort of special girl you know we all have that one dog in our lives that just is that's that's my zoe and she we used to do agility and we were struggling when she got a bit older i wasn't able to run around as much struggling to find an activity to do that still kept us both engaged and happy and fun and one of the things we discovered was parkour what it is it's all just about interacting with the environment what's around you you know on walks in the house and asking your dog to do different behaviors quite simple nothing too tricky and getting a load of fun out of them interacting with the world so it can be you know putting their feet on things going under stuff and just 
we call it parkour because you're interacting with the environment. It's not like a, a set course. You literally walk into a field and you go, what can we do today? Yeah. And that's the joy of it. Yeah, which I guess is harnessing the dog's natural instinct because anywhere you take them, they don't just sit there and go, oh, you know, they want to interact with that environment straight away. So you're harnessing that and, and yeah. yeah, helping them really. And you're being part of it. Yeah. It's not yeah. your dog going off and going, oh, you know what? I'm going to zoom me around or I'm going to, which is brilliant. You know, don't get me wrong. It's lovely to just let your dogs. But sometimes it's nice to go, actually, should we go and investigate this area together? Should we actually, you know, let's see if we can move something around and make that area a bit more interesting. And, you know, if you do this, you'll get some rewards, we'll get you some treats, um, a, a little Side note, it's brilliant if you want to take nice photos of your dogs. Yes. A little yes. a little fallout I've noticed from training your dogs to do the positions and parkour as you compose them for really professional looking photos as well. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I hear from people who've who've taken up parkour and I would like to try this with our dog, but I hear that the dog starts to realize okay you want to take pictures of me and i'm gonna get treats so they go and start looking for obstacles for themselves and go oh yeah. do you like this do you like that so the, the yeah. dog starts to think don't they yeah one of the ways we train it is we try and help the dogs it's all about choice so we try and help the dogs choose to do the right thing so there's no pressure a key thing with this and and what we sort of train in the classes is the dogs choose if they want to interact with something or not so if the dog's clearly saying, I'm not that scary or that's too big or I don't know what you want. We just go, you know what, that's going to go to the side. We'll put that on a future to do list. Yeah. And we pick something else. And then what happens is because of that confidence, you then go out somewhere and suddenly so Zoe will go places and she'll just stand on a rock and look at me as if to say, I'm doing two feet on mum. <laughs> look at me. I would like a treat now. And this is completely just her choosing there's an object I can interact with and she'll stand there and she'll look at me and not, you know, obviously I'll be like, yay, <laughs> yes. get a treat if I've got, if I've got something nice, if not, we just have a little play for a minute and she gets that sort of reward. Yeah. But yeah, they, they, they learn to offer suitable behavior because it's, it, you know, if they choose to do that, that's a better choice than them choosing to jump up on somebody. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess if you've got a nervous dog, going into a new environment with a more positive idea of what can I do to get treats what's a good thing to interact with here rather than oh gosh what's in here maybe it can help them change their mindset it, it, it's amazing really isn't it it can do so one of my um other dogs um parsnip who was a very anxious anxious dog she had lots of reactivity things going on she she was you know she was a very special and unique little soul and she found everything in life difficult oh. and we just well, I discovered she loved she was a, a little whippet type for, she would love putting her feet on things oh she was very she was very happy with her feet she was very confident with that and it became our default behavior if I'm worried or if I need to get her distraction say I was out and there was another dog coming and you do that oh no yeah we all do it mm. that that in, we hold our breath and go I would st I'd stop doing that what I would immediately do was I would look and go ah there's a stone right fast it two feet on she'd stand because she was doing a behavior she was so comfortable with just and it wouldn't even have to be very high it could literally be I'd 
before now, if I couldn't find anything, I'd put my foot out. And she'd literally put her feet on my yeah. you know, shoe. And that was enough for me to get her focused on me. And the amount of times that stopped her then reacting to the other dog, because I could get a treat under her nose, I could divert. You know, it was it was a little step into distraction and moving away. And that was a, a massive game changer and a, a, a sort of just in generally to our both of our mindsets yes of how to cope with that particular thing. and looking back at it, it it's so simple yeah it's yeah. just so simple and you know it that wasn't the aim of dog park or uk but these things that they've completely embraced these this sort of idea that it does boost your confidence yeah. your dog's confidence you can you know the key thing I always say to anyone when I'm I'm sort of talking about this, there's only two limita- limitations. Hmm. Safety, we have to make sure whatever our dog's interacting with is safe. Yeah. And your imagination. Yeah. You're only limited by your imagination. You know, you just got to make sure those items are safe enough. And obviously the dog needs to choose and be comfortable. But otherwise, go for it. Have yeah. fun. Embrace it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I love it. I love it. I mean, one of the things I love about it is you can you can start this today. If you're listening to this, you know, listen all the way through. (laughs) But when you've finished, (laughs) yeah, don't go away yet. But when you finish, you can go and get started. So saying that, what kind of dogs, you know, I'm thinking about age and ability and and breed and shape and size. But what kind (laughs) of dogs can do parkour? Well, luckily, this is one that any breed of dog can do. Shape, Yay. size, it doesn't matter. We're not we're not limited at all. Excellent. Um, we even do, um, like, sort of, we do titles and things, so you can earn rosettes and things. I'll come on to that later, I'm sure. But we get those from, like, puppies from eight weeks old can start doing this. Now, obviously, we modify what those dogs are interacting with. You're not mm. going to expect a puppy to stand on something that a Great Dane would stand on because it's probably going to be bigger than the puppy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I did a wonderful workshop once and I had a Chihuahua and a Great Dane on the same workshop. And like the Chihuahua was sitting in things and the Great Dane, we would then turn it over, we'd take the Chihuahua, <laughs> yes. obvious, and then turn it over and the, and the Great Dane was literally putting its one foot oh, on like bless. a little container that it was just, it was just bad. But yeah. Back to your question. So from eight weeks, basically. Excellent. And we are very careful then that we're literally asking to stand on different textures. So it's not about height or how it's, how high can you jump or how commando crawl under something. It's about that sort of confidence and control. It's not control is a difficult word, but we I mean that in a way of it's calm and it's focused rather than quick 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 run round. yes yeah so for example for a puppy i might literally put a piece of paper on the floor mm. and ask them to just or get them interested in sniffing it and reward them when they put their two front feet on the piece of paper yeah yeah as simple as that because it's you've got to remember the dog's pads are like our fingertips they do feel that change in texture yeah and then i might put a towel down or some crumply paper and just and it what you're doing is you're getting that puppy confident to stand on different things it might make a noise it might 
you know, if you get them to stand on a cushion, that's going to move slightly under their feet. It also helps them learn that not everything's to be chewed and played with. (laughs) Which is a good lesson. (laughs) Yeah. And you're training them, but you're training them in a way that's completely fun and no pressure. Yes. You're, You're giving them loads of little life skills, but all they're doing is they're moving and standing on something. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I, I love the fact you're you're focusing on what they're doing and you're looking to reward them because when we have a puppy, often it's don't do this, don't no, stop that, yeah. come here. Don't. Whereas this is this is isn't this fun? Isn't this great? And you're yeah. really building that bond with them, aren't you? But we're not doing it in a way that's also not getting them like overexcited and yes. running around. It's and it's really nice because you can get the. Or, all the family, you know, obviously not small children, but you can actually get everyone involved because yeah. no one's going to get it wrong, really. Yeah, yeah. If you get the timing a bit wrong with a treat, it's it's fine. It's yeah. a bit of fun, you know. <laughs> um, and then going to the other end of the spectrum, as I said, Zoe had retired from agility. She's an older dog. You can have really old senior dogs doing it and again what we do is we tend to go back to that puppy type stage so we bring things lower again we yeah. make it maybe a more brighter color so if you've got dogs you're assigned to not be able to see as well we might use bright colors to help yeah. them see and move around you might not ask them to do a particular thing anymore yeah. so if Zoe for example I don't ask her to go underneath anything anymore because she's got a bit old bit got a bit of arthritis in there so we just don't do that yeah, yeah. it's it's it, it doesn't matter yeah you know yeah. We just change what we ask of them to do and as for breeds and size you just pick appropriate things for them to interact with as yeah. I said a great Dane will need a bigger platform to stand on than that chihuahua yeah yeah but other than that, but that's yeah, fine. Great. You just modify it. So it's completely accessible. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of things. As you're saying about sort of older dogs, I'm thinking back to when Buddy, his last six months, he was perfectly happy, but he just knocked around the house and the garden and just, you know, potted around and that was great. But of course, I could have brought things into the garden, a variety of things and changed them so that he's mm. got, you know, things to, to interact with and, and mental stimulation. But also those rainy days when you think, I don't really want to go for a walk today. And some dogs don't enjoy the rain. You can nope. do, you could do some parkour in your own lounge, couldn't you? Completely. The thing that I really, really think this is brilliant and it's accessible to all people is the fact you don't need to spend any money on equipment. You can use what's in your own house, in the garden, out for walks. And, you know, dog training isn't cheap. Yeah. yeah. Having a dog isn't cheap. Yeah. So anything that we can do to, you know, as you say, it's a wet, it's a wet, miserable day here. Um, let's keep, get our dog interacting in the front room, see if they'll stand. Or, you know, washing up bowls are amazing. <laughs> yes. You know, will they yes. stand in it, on it? Will they go around it? You can put two together and they do a little through. Five, ten minutes of that and most dogs are like, yep, okay, I'll go and have a nap now. <laughs> yes. You carry on. <laughs> And you just like neither of us got wet or cold. Yeah, this is it's just brilliant for those horrible days or when your dog's recovering for something. Obviously, if they're injured, when it's a no go. But say um, post routine surgery or something like this, and you just want your dog just to get a little bit of movement, you could do that thing where you pop a couple of towels down on the floor, and you're just asking to step onto it. Reward move on to the next thing step so that again all they're doing is walking 
Yeah. But they're moving, they're getting that, and they're using their brain. They're being asked to do something a little bit different, a bit novel, yeah. um, without any pressure on on their bodies, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that aspect that you can just find, as you say, as long as it's safe things, but you can find household objects, chairs even, you know? Yeah. Just anything and just interact with it, and you get such a, a buzz from it, and the dog gets such a buzz from it. I love it. Saying that about, you know, you get a buzz from it, the people. What kind of people, and I'm thinking about, you know, how accessible is it for those of us who are a bit slower or those of us who are wheelchair users? You know, what, how accessible is it? Again, completely. You can adapt what you're doing to your own circumstances. Okay. So, you know, my days of running around and, you know, running a full agility course and things like this are definitely well behind me. So a lot of what we do, um, especially if you're, doing indoors or in a group is all on lead anyway yeah so your dog is on lead using a harness so they've got free movement we you know we um use the y-shaped harnesses so the dogs have got full movement but they're also you know with you they're connected to you and it, yeah. it just helps if they should slip or anything you've got that connection to help them so actually the dog and you are going at your own pace yeah, yeah. so if it takes you a little bit longer to move from one item to another that's absolutely fine. There's no time limit. Yeah. If you if you're in a wheelchair or you're less able to move and bend down, we'll just find items that are appropriate or the right height for you. Yeah. You know, um, I know one person who has problems bending down has their dog is able to get on the sofa, so they'll pop something on the sofa and ask them to do it there. Yeah. So they'll so so they've got them at a better height for them obviously very safely done and they're looking out to make sure there's no danger but they're doing it in a way that is more accessible for them as a handler or an owner or a companion you know but the dog's still having fun the dog's still going oh training time this is fun I'm getting treats and (laughs) so yeah basically if if you're not sure this is where finding an instructor who can help you they should be able to help you modify exercises for your own individual needs yeah yeah. And that brings us really nicely on to. So if people do, if they are inspired, I hope they are, because it, it, <laughs> I, I really love it. How should we get started? If we want to take this up with our dog, maybe we want to start today. You know, we look online today or we find something at home. But how do we get started? Um, well, the brilliant thing is, is you can start at home. You can start today. But I would highly recommend that you do get in, uh, get in touch or find an instructor because they'll help you do this in a safe and controlled way and they'll also help you teach because there's lots of different behaviors we can teach it's not just two feet on I mention it a lot because it's it's the sort of the first one we go to yeah um so dog parkour UK they've got a website you can visit they've got loads of different Facebook groups depending on what you want to do and what you can do is you can go to those Facebook groups join um you can get details of what the exercises are and then you can submit videos of your dog and you and your dog doing them and you can actually earn titles that way where you get a rose there and you can do different levels like two feet on on so many different pieces of equipment earn a rose there earn a nice certificate and you can actually do that remotely as I said online or they will have lists and there are more and more instructors popping up in the local area um I do dog parkour in pretty much all of my sessions with all of my dogs I just throw it in there yeah it's part of my normal training now because I think it's just so fun simple 
and a great game. So it is accessible even for people that are a bit more remote or haven't got a local instructor. Look up Dog Park or UK on Facebook, have um, you know, connect with them there and they will help you out. But there's some amazing guys on that group that will help. Yeah. Yeah, but I love that because you, you, as you say, you can go find a, a class and that may be really, really great and find an instructor. And I think that is, as you say, someone to show you, really explain it to you and help you get to grips with it is is really good, especially to begin with. If you're the kind of person who likes to be in group situations, that's <laughs> that you can continue that. If you're not, if you're a bit more of an introvert, you prefer to be alone some of the time, you can go and do that and just it's you and the dog. However, I do think that training classes can be a huge support because you can all celebrate together you can all have a moan together you know you can because having a dog is it's it's ups and downs isn't it and it's great it's great times and sort of oh my goodness does your dog do this and that the dog class is brilliant for that isn't it yes and the lovely thing about the sort of parkour focus classes is the dogs can all be moving around doing stuff but they're like aware there's another dog there but they're not interacting we can spread them apart so dogs don't have to feel that their personal space is being sort of invaded in any way so I do um social training walks I've got a lovely farm that I can use here and we spread the dogs around and I encourage the guys there to go, right, OK, well, there's some stones in, by this gateway here. Feel free as you're coming through to do some parkour with your dog there. And it just gives that dog a chance to stop other people, give them loads of space. And it's just breaking down that sort of fear and anxiety that can sometimes come with having a dog that's not so keen on being in classes because all of a sudden rather than going oh we're going through a gate and then they might bark we go oh we're going to a gate and we're going to do some parkour (laughs) yeah yeah and your your attitude is a big key a big cue to your dog because I I mean uh, we had a dog that was reactive and if I was sort of all keyed up and kind of oh my goodness it's going to kick off then it would kick off Whereas the instructor would go, let me just take him. They'd go off and and he'd be a different blinking dog. And you think, okay, this is, some of this is sometimes coming from me. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, 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 the instructor's magic is wonderful for us. For clients, dogs, it it does, (laughs) does wonders. One of the things I've sort of embraced is parkour being very calming. Yes. So we talk, we talk about sort of, I do, you know, this idea of, calm and relaxing for the dog and for you so you get your mobile phone you've got to stick that in your pocket unless you're taking a photo of your dog that's going in your pocket let's get that out of the way that walk that we might have done 400 times because we walk from a to b to get to the park once at the park dog has fun it runs around but that a to b bit you just you you're just in your own world you're in your own head you're thinking about the shopping, the washing. Your dog's doing a similar thing. I sort of go, right, get rid of all of that. As you're walking, start looking for, oh, there's two traffic cones there. I could ask my dog to just go around them or through those two traffic cones reward. Oh, look, that that sign's new or that post wasn't there. Or that gate, there's a, a gate or a bench. Let's do a two feet on here. And suddenly... The walk isn't A to B to park. It's now a fun walk that happens to end up in the park. Yeah, yeah. And by making that 
monotonous day-to-day bit more fun it actually is really positive for us and the dog yeah yeah definitely and it just it's just about that relationship with your dog it's trying to it's pressing a reset yeah I'm making it sound like this is a magical one but actually there's a lot to be said that this is a little bit of a magical one because it helps you just look at the world a bit differently a bit more like your dog yes yeah I think that's absolutely right and it's so simple you know, you, yeah. you can do this today and you, you're right. It is a reset. And I do think it's really easy, as you say, to get bogged down in the everyday things. And I've got to do this and I've got it. Oh, now I've got to walk the dog. Oh, my goodness. And it's not. That's we're so lucky to have that time with our dogs. You know, it's and it's easy to lose sight of. You've only got a set number of walks with them. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. them, you know, and it's a highlight of the dog's day. So if we can get more fun out of it and get, you know, it's not going to cost us anything. I I love so let's do it I don't see a downside no as I said your limitations is that safety and your imagination that that is your those are your limitations I suppose there's I always joke with with clients so um one of the exercises we can do with our dogs is an inn which is where you basically get your dog to sit inside something that's got an edge so it has to pick its feet up to get inside it yeah. And again, that doesn't have to be very high. It can be a baking tray for yeah. a puppy. You know, really small. But it's probably one of the hardest things to find out in nature, in the real world. Mm. And, you know, I say, well, you can use a pothole, but obviously that's going to not be safe if it's in the middle of the road <laughs> or something. So I always joke, well, a brilliant one is if you find any stones somewhere, if you're out for a walk, you can literally make a little stone circle or a box because you're allowed to move things around. Yeah. But I do say to them, you do have to be a bit careful. If it's your next door neighbour's rockery, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend you start gr- jumping up on it and moving <laughs> the stones around. You might get told off. <laughs> yes. I've just got- Get I've just got first. images of my clients going off in the middle of the neighbourhood. But my dog trainer yes. said it was okay. <laughs> There'll be a, a cue at your door saying, Emma, they said it was your fault. <laughs> oh. but it's that sort of fun element of it, which is brilliant. So I've been known to go to the woods before now and get some branches and rest a branch against a tree to make a little triangle. Just ask my dog to go underneath there or run around, you know, round a tree or if, and it's just it's just takes that stress out and you're just living in the moment you're just yeah. completely there in the moment in in this case in the outdoors which is always wonderful yeah but as you said it's pouring down with rain we don't want to go out today you know what let's get a few bits and pieces together in the front room it was through lockdown it was amazing i bet i bet it was because we could connect with people, send in the videos, you could still be progressing and earning little bits towards various titles, but you could do it all from home in complete safety in your own comfortable, you know, in your own comfort zone of, you know, wherever you felt best to do it, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, I think it is a magic wand. I do like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, I've got one eye on the time, as ever, so... Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like people to know about dog parkour? Um, basically, just get in, you know, find us out, get in touch. So it's it's as I said, it's Dog Parkour UK. I'm Paul Fetability. Please feel free to come and find me on on Facebook. 
I, you know, I love speaking to new people and seeing new people. Um, and it's just embrace it, have some fun, go out for those walks and just start opening your eyes a little bit to think, is there anything here that's safe for my dog just to literally stand on or move around? And we can make that reward and we can have a few extra treats in your pocket and make those walks fun again and embrace it. Yeah. You can't say fairer than that, can you? That's that's a brilliant <laughs> aim to have. I think it's brilliant. I yeah. love it. You can start it today. You can start it with a cardboard box, as you say, or a baking yeah. tray or whatever you've got around. And who knows where it will lead? Yeah, hopefully to a very happy relationship with your dog. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're all about. Thank you ever so much, Emma. That's been brilliant. That's right. My pleasure. I honestly think dog parkour has so much to offer us and our dogs. The links to Dog Park or UK and to Perfectibility are on the Dogcast Radio site, dogcastradio.com. And so that you can join in wherever you are, I've also put the link to the International Dog Parkour Association too. Huge thanks to Emma for taking the time to tell me all about parkour. I'm hoping to talk to her again later in the year for some more tips about making training and indeed life with your dog more fun. If you have fun with parkour, do send me some photos and I'll share them with everyone else. You're listening to Dogcast Radio on www.dogcastradio.com. Let's have a look at some dog news that's caught my eye. Money, especially large sums of money, tend to catch my attention. And so my eye was drawn to a headline about an elderly lady deciding to leave £2.2 million to her pets. Now, hang on, stop rolling your eyes because there's a lot to unpack about this story. First of all, at the end of the day, it's her £2.2 million. She can do what she likes with it. The woman does have children, but she feels they have neglected her in her old age while her pets... Now, we aren't told the species involved, but one of them's got to be a dog, right? I mean, you don't leave £2.2 million to uh, goldfish, do you? (laughs) At that point, I should say, any fish lover or anyone else wishing to complain about that flagrant speciesist comment against goldfish, send it to julie at dogcastradio.com. Anyway, the unspecified pets have been there every day, whereas the children haven't. There's more. Chinese law, the lady lives in China, forbids the leaving of bequests to pets. Ha-ha! But the industrious woman appointed a local veterinary clinic to be administrators for the will and see that her companion animals are well cared for. Others have suggested she could appoint a trusted person to oversee the vet practice. Now, I'd take it a step further and nominate someone to keep an eye on the overseer. And then I'd employ perhaps a form of private investigators to watch over that person. And then... Look, I can sense I'm going down a rabbit hole here. Ooh, I wonder if one of the pets is a rabbit. You could buy a lot of carrots with £2.2 million. And please don't email me saying that actually carrots contain a lot of sugar and shouldn't be given to rabbits too often. And by the way, don't actually talk to me about the high sugar content of carrots. Go bite into a Snickers bar. It will blow your mind. I do think beneath all the silliness here, there is a serious issue. And that's pet estate planning. You can hear Dawn Antoniak Mitchell give great advice on the subject in episode 53 of Dogcast Radio. And however much money we have, we should all provide for our pet's future in the event that we die before them. I know it's a sad thought, but how much sadder would it be 
for them to lose us, and then end up goodness knows where, because we haven't appointed guardians, never mind set aside £2.2 million for them. There won't actually be many of us with £2.2 million around, because apparently more and more of us are struggling to afford our pets. The cost of living crisis is increasingly mentioned in calls to the Charity Dogs Trust when people are looking to rehome their dog. The stark truth is that people are choosing to feed their dog rather than themselves. As well as food, owners are struggling to pay for veterinary care and to find affordable dog-friendly rental accommodation. Some are having to cut back on essentials such as training classes. In the past year, over 45,000 owners inquired about giving up their dogs to Dogs Trust. The National Dog Survey responses suggest that the current cost of living has been a major contributing factor. Nearly a fifth of respondents, 19%, said that they may have to consider changing to a cheaper pet food in the coming year. Four in ten owners, 39%, said they may have to reduce paid-for care during their working hours to save money. And others, 35%, said that paid-for dog walking might need to be scaled back, as well as toys and enrichment, 35%. Many dog stress rehoming centres are supporting owners by offering free dog food banks. For a full list of dog food banks, visit www.dogstrust.org.uk forward slash rehoming forward slash our centre's dog food bank. OK, on to some flim-flam fun celebrity news now. Reese Witherspoon is looking for a dog who looks like her. If you have a dog you think looks like Reese, you can contact her via Instagram. We have a link on the Dogcast Radio site. But be aware that her opinion is that she looks more like a Yorkie than a Rottweiler, although apparently a Golden Retriever would be a good match too. Reese has pledged, and it may be a joke, so don't hold me to this, but she has said she will come and meet the dog she thinks most resembles her. So, if you think your dog is in with a shot, send your photo to Reese. While we're at it, if you think your dog resembles me, send a photo. And let me just say that Rotties might well be in with a shot here. I'll add a photo of me to my Instagram so that you can compare me to your dog. We all know, or we all know if you're a regular listener, that scent work is amazingly good for our dogs. But did you know that scent work can actually improve your dog's behaviour? That's according to a team at Aberystwyth University who have been looking into the effect of training pet dogs in scent work, agility and obedience on the dog's ability to carry out two tasks. One, the A not B task, in which a dog first learns to go to a pot on one side of a three-pot lineup to obtain a reward, and then must change this behaviour to go to a pot on the other side. And two, the detour task, in which a dog must navigate around a transparent barrier to obtain a visible reward. Dogs that performed better on the A not B task were also more likely to be successful in the detour task, showing that there is a relationship between the skills required to perform well in both tasks. Training did not affect the overall performance in either task, but dogs training scent work showed better inhibitory control across the two tasks. This indicates that scent training for pet dogs may be beneficial in improving behaviours that require inhibition. So, what are the real-life applications of this research? Well, inhibition means that the dog can exercise more self-control. So, for example, they might be less likely to beg for food or to jump up, or they might obey the leave command better or be less likely to keep barking. So if you're struggling with these kind of behaviours with your dog, think about training some scent work. 
There's more information in the research than I can possibly convey to you in a news item. So I'm going to put the link to that on the Dogcast Radio site so you can go and explore it for yourselves. Talking of ways to improve behaviour, Katie Price has been offered money to stop getting pets. Katie Price is a model who was known as Jordan, and she's now really famous for being Katie Price and for doing reality TV shows about, well, about being Katie Price, really. Oh, I'm just jealous. To give you some relevant background, seven of Katie's pets have died and more have been given away. She's lost interest in one dog and rehomed it. And the latest puppy had to go because, get this, it didn't look cute on Instagram anymore. Wow, just give me a minute. Sorry, have we strayed into the AITA website again? Because if that's the question, yep, you are. OK, look, yes, sometimes dogs have to be rehomed for perfectly reasonable, acceptable reasons. And the dog's welfare should be the top priority. But the owner losing interest does not fit that criteria. And I'm sorry, a puppy doesn't grow out of being cute. A puppy grows into being a dog, and dogs are cute. This issue isn't confined to Katie Price either. I think many celebs make bad role models when it comes to pet ownership. So what's the answer? The charity Peter has offered to pay Katie Price to stop having any more pets, but isn't that kind of rewarding bad behaviour? Hey, if you treat animals badly enough and then stop, we'll start giving you money. We'll have YouTubers demanding sponsorship to stop abusing animals next. Maybe we should become a society that doesn't condone irresponsible pet ownership. We stop buying products from people who don't meet their pets' needs. We don't watch their films, download their content, read their books or wear their perfume. We, the people, have the power here. If we collectively shun those who behave badly, maybe those in the public eye will start behaving better. Right, I need a happy story now to put me in a good mood. B, a seven-year-old Welsh Springer Spaniel, disappeared while on a walk above the Conwy Valley in Wales on the 8th of December. That's not the happy bit, but the good news is that after almost two months of being missing, B is back home. Facebook group Lost Dogs North Wales area was called in to help and used thermal imaging cameras, searched around lakes and rivers, sent a drone up, made posters and shared sightings in a bid to track down B. But in the end, she was spotted, caught on a barbed wire fence by a farmer in Lanfair Fecken. I'll try that with a Welsh accent. Llanfair Fecken, I think. Apologies for pronunciation. More than 10 miles from where she went missing and she's in very good health and happy to be back home. There's so many stories of missing dogs on social media, and I do share as many as I can, but I also think it's important to share the success stories like this, to remind ourselves that happy endings can and do happen. That's all we've got time for, so until next time, look after yourselves and your dogs. Thanks for listening to Dogcast Radio, available from www dogcastradio.com that's d-o-g-c-a-s-t radio.com if you'd like to get in touch with us and wherever you are in the world we'd love to hear from you you can do so in a variety of ways you can contact us on skype with the ident dogcast radio that's all one word dogcast radio by email you can contact me on julie at dogcastradio.com 
When contacting us by email, if you have the facilities, please record your questions or comments and send them to us as an audio file. That way we can include them directly in our programme. We can accept most formats, for example WAV, MP3. All these methods of contacting us can be found on our website, which is www.dogcastradio.com. Why is the redwood tree most dogs' favourite kind of tree? Because it has the biggest bark.